0: Uh, Romans 4, verses 1 to 12. What then shall we say was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about, but not before God. What does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift but as his due. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his face is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works, and there's a quote from Psalm 32, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. The purpose was to make him the father of all who believe without being circumcised, so that righteousness would be counted to them as well, and to make him the father of the circumcised who are not merely circumcised, but who walk in the footsteps of the faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. Okay, we're not fo- even though the word circumcision was in there a lot, we're not focusing on that today. Just... Because some you know we've talked about that in past weeks. So if you want to hear about that, you're going to have to go back through our podcast. But Paul, up to now in the book of Romans, has dealt very heavily with that sin. He has made it absolutely sure, without a doubt, that we're all sinful. Remember that, don't we? It's like he it was one of those sermons that went on for a long time. And then he spoke about the way that Jesus stood in the gap. And and I'll use that example quite uh, like so. Here's Jeff, the great sinner, and 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 here it, I can't make myself God, but here's God, and all of God's anger is coming for Jeff against Jeff's sin, and and it will kill him, and it will be eternal judgment. And Jesus stands in the gap. He stands in the middle, and he takes the anger of God and gives to Jeff. Full righteousness. That's the word propitiation that uh, is in Romans chapter 3. So, yes, sin is horrific. It is horrible. It's terrible. And every sin we've ever done is worthy of that judgment. But Jesus stands in the gap and takes that anger, of righteous anger of God for sin. Isn't that good news? And how do we receive that gift? Uh, Well, by faith, and that's what we're talking about today. But what Paul goes on to in this passage is really to make sure we understand three things, and two of them are the same, so that makes the sermon a bit shorter. Uh, Righteousness, justification, and faith. And righteousness and justification are actually the same thing. And uh, I'll talk about that in a minute. But what should we say was going by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh, if you want to follow along, uh, we're in Romans 4. Um, For if Abraham was justified by works, he had something to boast about. Now, justified means made righteous. Okay? Just the same as just and righteous. uh, It's the same Greek word. Just and righteous. Or righteousness and justification. So if you... If you are justified, you have been made righteous. Yep, that makes sense. And Paul was saying that the Old Testament, the idea that we are justified or made righteous by faith hasn't changed. It was in the Old Testament with Abraham, and in a while he's going to talk about David, and it's in the New Testament. God didn't change somewhere along the way. It was always going to be righteousness comes as a gift when we have faith in God. So Paul's saying this, there is not a single person who can boast, that's the word he uses, about their salvation or their goodness or their righteousness before God. No one can say, God, look at how good I am. Now we actually know that people did, don't we? Remember uh, the, the Pharisee stood up when he was praying and he said, Thank you, God, that I'm not like these other people. Interesting, isn't it, that in the, in the Greek it actually says he stood up and prayed to himself. <laughs> he wasn't praying to God at all. Who else are you talking about when you say, have a look at how good I am. Was he that good? Was he justified? The answer is no. Jesus said at the end of that parable, the, the tax collector went justified. Before God that day, righteous. Okay, so Paul uses Abraham's example, but understand this God has always, in every age, saved people by faith, justified by faith. Every nationality, including the Jews, that's the whole circumcision thing, it's talking about the Jews, everyone is saved in exactly the same way. Isn't that good? All by grace. They are pronounced righteous by faith. Okay. It so says, what does it say? Abraham believed God or trusted God or had faith in God. So that is also the same word. And it was counted to him as righteousness. It was credited to him as righteousness when he believed. He had perfect standing before God. He had, if you was in a criminal in jail, you'd say, I've got form." That's the word they use. Yep. I've got form. I've got a record. Yeah? You could say Abraham had no form. He had a perfect standing before God. He had no record. He had no hint of wrongdoing in any way. And you go, hang on, this is Abraham I read about a sinner. He had none of that because he was faith by faith, because he had faith. And You've got to love it when someone famous, someone scrolls back through their Instagram post from 2011, I think that's about when it was invented, and says, and they said this about somebody. Yeah. What he's saying is this, there is, you know, or it, I, I often think about uh, if you could quote me in grade nine at school in both the things I said and the things I did, you'd have enough to sink me forever. Do you know that? We've all got form, haven't we? And what Paul is saying is by faith there is nothing to come back and haunt you. You are justified, you are counted righteous before God. That's awesome, isn't it? No form. Nothing. Because we always yeah, but what about but what about but what about that thing I've done? And so the reformers started calling this alien righteousness. And that means it hasn't come from you, it's come from outside of you. That's what makes the righteousness so righteous. It hasn't come from us. And that's good. So you can't boast about that. You can't boast about a gift, can you? You can't say, look at what I've done, if someone. Rather, you can say, look at what I've been given. That's all we've really got to say, isn't it? Yeah? You can, you can be happy that you've got the gift, but you've really got nothing to show off about. It's a bit like God gives us love. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Yeah? And with that love, we love one another. Yeah? And then we can say, how good is my love? How good am I? It's come from God. It's credited to us. It's counted to us. It's put into our account righteousness, full righteousness. Yep, yeah. like I can go on my Apple phone and I can find a bit where it says how many Apple dollars I've got. I don't know what it's yeah, it's ninety eight dollars forty two or something like that. And and just say someone comes along and, and credits into my account another thousand dollars. You know, well God has credited to us righteousness one hundred percent. It's got the little hundred percent up in the top corner. Hundred percent righteous, Derek. Why? By faith. Nothing to boast about. It's all Him. Do you know, that means this. If, if we are absolutely righteous, understand this. And, and this is really hard for me to say because I, I wanted to put a but or an if in there somewhere. God delights in every part of you. There is not a thing in your life that God says, well, but, okay, by faith we are justified. Otherwise, we're not justified. Do you understand? You're either one or the other. That's amazing, isn't it? I'm not saying we don't sin, we sin. But if our faith is in Christ at every moment justified, it's hard to accept, actually, isn't it? It's a gift. It hasn't come from us. If Abraham had was justified by works, he had something to boast about. But not before God. That's what he says. You've got nothing to show off about before God. He could boast before men. He could say, have a look at me. I'm more glorious than you. But you see, there's nothing to boast about. Can we boast in our words? That's oh, right. can we boast in our works? Can we show off? Can you, can you see all the things I've been doing lately? Gee, I've been good. God must love me even more you know that's the thing we don't say that no one says that but you're kind of in the back of your mind you think it Uh, we've got nothing to show off about because works do not make us God's people God makes us God's people and so we have faith in what he's done all of our justification past present and future comes by trusting God it's all a gift so there is never boasting There is not an aspect of our right standing before God that we can say, I deserve glory for that. It all comes from him. And so we live by faith, we're saved by faith, and as Paul's already said in chapter 1, verse 17, the righteous shall live by faith. Everything you do is by faith, and that's all good. Okay, so what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Okay, Abraham trusted in what God said and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now, trust means trust, doesn't it? I watched a movie uh, the other night and they were doing that. You know they hang on the side of big rock faces and they've got ropes? And before they do that, they check their ropes. I would. And they check those little catchy things that hook the rope, right? Right? You want to make sure it's all in order before you fall over. The bad guy cut the rope, but that was beside the point. It was a movie. Um, Before you can trust that rope, you're going to make sure it's all good, aren't you? You want to expect it. You want to make sure it's good. Because your whole life depends on that thin piece of string. Yeah. Well, the righteousness that comes to us is Christ. We can trust in it with all our lives. If we inspect it and we go, that cross has dealt once and for all with all of our sin. It is finished. We heard Jesus say that. Inspect that. Have a look at that word. Have a good look at it. It's safe. You can lean back on Him like that, hanging off the cliff, and and not be ready to grab hold of something, yeah? Because you know it is safe. It, what I'm saying is, inspect Jesus. Have a good look at Him and see what He's done, and you know that He can be trusted. Abraham believed God, he trusted God when God gave him a word. You're going to have a son. That sounds pretty basic, doesn't it? You're 90 years old, your wife's a little bit younger than you, you're going to have a son. Now that sounds a bit more impossible. Yeah? Yeah? Come on. As you know, we we're, we're, are we now? Go over, go over the other side. I've said this before. To Warrawee, the old folks, home, there's no maternity wing. <laughs> is there? It's not there. Why? It's unnecessary. Not necessary. Yeah. And God said, you are going to have a son by Sarah. <coughs> and now Paul, a bit later in this chapter, we're not going to get to it today. It says, and Sarah's womb was dead. That's what he says. It wasn't... This is not... You know, occasionally you'll see it on the news and someone who was 61 had a baby. This is 90. Yep. This is not just an oddity. This is an impossibility. But the, the amazing thing is, it's not that... I mean, it's an absolute miracle that it happened. But it's even more miraculous that God said to this 90-odd-year-old man, this is going to happen. And he went, oh, yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. He believed it. That is... That's faith, isn't it? Hey. Yeah, it is. I'm not going to say it to you, Anne today. It's okay. <laughs> not that you're anywhere near 90. So, um. <laughs> oh, well, phase 85. I should use you for an example. Yeah. Okay. That miracle was no less miraculous than a mob of people who were dead in their sin being made alive with Christ. And if we're going to trust in that, it's just as big a miracle, isn't it? It's just as big an impossibility. When we're without hope, through faith, the promise of Jesus can be inspected and it's good. Now, to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift, but as a Jew. That's D-U-E, sorry, not a J word. And... To the one who does not work but believes in him is just who justifies the ungodly, his faith, his faith is counted as righteousness. Now, obviously, you earn $20 an hour, you go to work and you work for three hours, you get paid $60. And you worked hard and you did everything you said you'd do. And when that money is given to you, it's a due. It's not a gift. You've earned it. That's correct. However, just imagine this. You turn up late for work. You don't do anything when you get there. You ruin the work that the, uh, that the boss had planned for you. You upset all the other workers and stopped them from working, all while the boss was watching, and then he pays you anyway and gives you a production bonus. <laughs> I don't think any of us work for that place. That's a gift, isn't it? Yeah? <laughs> Because you see, it says here, you don't want words like that, you? No. I, I, this is God who justifies the ungodly. That's who justifies the ungodly. That's, they are counted as righteous by trust in what Jesus has done. Wow, that's good news. Then Paul uses David as an example. And uh, David David and Abraham are really the two key figures of the whole Old Testament. Abraham the father of faith and all that came through him was the, the people of God and then David the one who the king, the Messiah was going to be in his line. Um, they were the, the great Jews and he showed he showed already Abraham was saved by faith. David, it says now David he talked about Abraham's life but he's going to quote some of David's words David wrote Psalm 32 just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one who counts whom God counts righteous same word God counts them as righteous we know David wasn't a perfect man was he but he was counted a righteous apart from works blessed are those whose faults these are forgiven and whose sins are covered, blessed is a man against whom the Lord will not count his sins. Now it's a great psalm, Psalm 32, if I were to read it to you, you would actually recognise it. It's a psalm where in his sin, David says, my, Your hand is heavy upon me. My bones are crushed under the weight of my sin. And then he says, I acknowledge my sin to the Lord and he forgave the guilt of my sin. He lifted that guilt from him. Now, so he had done all of this wrong and then he just acknowledged it and God forgave him the lot. It's a bit too easy, isn't it? I mean, let's face it. You know, when someone does something wrong against you, yes, you want the apology, but you want a pound of flesh too, don't you? You want them to suffer a bit. Dig in the knife, yeah? A bit of guilt. No, no. Yeah, we do. We love to. No, <coughs> he confessed his sins, and he received a great blessing, justification, righteousness. Blessed is the man whom the Lord's uh, against whom the Lord does not count his sin. It is credited to, into his account righteousness. David as well as Abraham. Now, this blessing, you see. It's not just the blessing of forgiveness of sins. It's, you see, forgiveness of sins is a means to a great end, a relationship with God. You can't relate to God when you've got sin. How perfect do you need to be in a relationship with God? You need that little 100% that's your name, 100% justified. What a blessed is the man or woman. Against whom the Lord does not count their sin. You are blessed because you can know God. I was talking with Jack yesterday, I think. And we were talking about sometimes people say, Oh, it's going to be great in heaven, you're going to have all this stuff, and the path's made of gold, and blah, blah, blah. And that's all true. But the blessing of heaven is that we will know the Father face to face we will know the one who's loved us and gave himself up for us. There is nothing better than knowing him and walking with him and living in the fullness of a relationship with him. That's what it's all for. So, Paul uses the example of David, and, and then he goes back to Abraham and he makes this point, and it's about circumcision. He said, is, then, is this blessing because uh, you know, Abraham was circumcised? Because God told him to. So, and and then he says, Now, when did this happen? Was it before or after that promise was made of righteousness? Well, you can actually do the maths because it tells you when God first made the promise to Abraham and he believed it, he was 75 years old. Yeah? He was circumcised when he's was 99, 24 years later. Was he for 24 years kind of not righteous. Well, actually, he was pronounced righteous right back at the start. Now, we're not in the circumcision, so that's good for visitors today to know. Um, but, but sometimes people would uh, talk about baptism. Okay? When you're, when you're baptised, is that the day that you're pronounced righteous? No. You are, you are saved when you trust in Jesus. Later... People get baptised, sometimes pretty soon after, a week, a month. Sometimes people put it off for 10, 20 years for some reason. Yeah? Well, when are they pronounced justified? When they had faith, at the beginning. It's not about the religious uh, symbol, okay? Uh, justification comes immediately. Because that he's saying circumcision is an outward sign of what's already happened. A change has come. Uh, sometimes people will say, Go into church. yeah we often use those examples, going to church uh, and um, and baptism. They're an outward sign of something that's happened to you, but they are not actually proof of faith, are they? Faith is something you're justified by faith when you believe. Am I making sense to you? We're we saying away. Okay, that's good. That's my way of waking you up. Um, but you see, Paul uses an example here of, that, that people often use. It's of good works. Do, is it your good works that save you? No. It's faith that saves you. But those who have faith will do good works, won't they? So good works are an outward sign of an inward change that God has brought to you when you were justified yeah you, you, if so, you've seen people who say they've become a Christian and their life doesn't change at all and you're in the back of your mind you're thinking nah never happened that's true because it's an outward sign just as much as in the Old Testament circumcision in the New Testament uh, baptism going to church doing good works because righteous is as righteous does yeah that's not a saying, but it's one I've made up, so it's a good one. If you're made righteous, you will act righteously. Obviously. Yeah? If, you're, if you've been given a new heart, it will change you. If the Holy Spirit has given you love, joy, and peace, then you will live in love, joy, and peace. Obviously. Okay? So that's an outward sign that you're a Christian. Uh, Martin Luther said this. He said. An apple tree produces apples. That's fully what you'd expect it to do, isn't it? Yeah? That's what it's meant for. The thing that makes the apple juice, apple, juice, apple tree produce more apples is actually the pruning of the gardener. The pruning, the fertilising, what God does. That's what John 15 says, isn't it? The gardener comes and he's pruning and we go, we don't want to be pruned and God says... I'm pruning you. And what happens when... You, it's amazing if, you ever, if you've got a fruit tree and you prune it, how much more fruit do you get from, from cutting bits off? It doesn't seem to make sense, does it? However, a thorn bush does not produce apples, and neither can it. It can never, ever produce apples. Firstly, it would have to be made into an apple tree. This is obvious stuff, Yeah. Good works flow from a person who has been justified. They will produce that fruit. Yeah. If they never produce that fruit, obviously they're not the tree. They've never been changed. So when we are credited with righteousness by faith, when we have been credited and counted 100% perfect, we start to act like it. Now, we get it wrong. We know that. But by faith, we are actually always justified and we produce fruit because we are connected to the vine who is Jesus and he produced his, that in us. And so at the end of the passage, he says, we walk in the footsteps of faith that our father Abraham had before he was circumcised. We walk, we walk in the footsteps of Abraham which is a bit like the beach, you know, you go down the beach and I remember, you know, you, you're a kid, you're walking along and you leave footprints, but there's an adult walking there and you jump from footprint to footprint, yeah? And and uh, you try and stay in their footprints. Well, what is Abraham's footprint? What is it so good that that makes him called Father Abraham, who had many sons? I'm one of them. What, what is it about? We walk by faith. We walk in the footsteps of faith. We don't just... Um, we don't just, we're not just saved by faith. The righteous shall live by faith. Because faith without works is dead. In other words, it's not really faith at all. So Paul, after saying, you know, I, I started by saying we were dead in our sins, how good is it that we could be made alive? And he says we are saved by grace in Ephesians 2. He then goes on to say, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Yep, we were made for good works. Yep. Yep. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. What makes a good work good? Faith. Living by faith. Trusting God in all that we do. That's what makes it. And, um, and towards the end of the book, He's going to say, anything that is not of faith is sin. So anything we do, so let's just say, I, I you know, I want to show you how good I am by my good works, and I slip. John, you know, a couple of grand. And then i make sure everybody knows about it because I want you to know how good my good works are. And it's not by faith and it's not by trusting God. That's actually sin. Uh-huh. Giving away money is sin. Anything that's not of faith is sin. But everything that is of faith is perfect and good. And we learn to walk in the way of faith, in the footsteps of Abraham, who lived by faith. So, righteousness comes by faith, and the righteous shall live by faith. I'm going to pray. Father, I pray that you would make the truth of this message come home to us, that we would believe it, and that we would walk in it, and that you would give us great joy as we know who we are in you and what you've done for us, and as we live in that joy, uh, that we would live and walk in your ways. In the footsteps of Abraham. That we would live by faith. That we would always look you, look towards you. That we would inspect what you've done for us. And we would be sure that it's all good and right. And that we would put all of our faith and trust in you. And that we would see that you are everything to us. And that our lives would be lived in the fullness of joy that comes from knowing and loving you. And I pray this in Jesus' name.